a few years ago, <clears throat> I headed out for a walk um, on my acreage. And uh, it was a hot summer day and I was walking along the gravel road. You know, it was dry, it was dusty. The road was flat and straight, you know, how roads are on the prairies, flat and straight. But there was one point in the road where the road dipped. And in that dip, the water pooled and foliage grew. And as I went on this walk, I went into this dip and I was hit by the smell of water. And right away, in a moment, this smell transported me back to when I was a little girl and my extended family used to go on uh, extended family trips to an old cabin at Pine Lake. There was no electricity, there was no running water. And so in order to keep food cold, we had to put it in the coulee. And I was transported back to this memory of being just a little girl and following my grandpa down to the coulee to get the milk and the eggs for our morning breakfast. I can still remember him whistling as we went to the coulee. The smell of water that day smelled just like the coulee smelled when I was a little girl. But it wasn't just that memory that flooded my mind. It was also the memory of canoeing with my family and roasting marshmallows with my cousins, my mom with curlers in her hair, the fact that there were mice in the cabin, there was a chipmunk that would come and eat uh, breadcrumbs out of our hands. And then beyond that, I started to think about the story of my grandparents and how great a uh, part of my life they were, and then stories of my own family trips with my own children. And the whole story of my life seemed to unfurl in my heart and my mind with just the smell of water that day. It opened up a whole story. That one moment in time captured something larger and bigger than that I could ever explain. And Walter Brueggemann says this about baptism. Baptism is a dramatic performance loaded with more significance than we can articulate. Baptism tells the truth that we are enveloped in the mystery of God. Baptism is bringing the mystery of our own particular story and allowing it to be enveloped in the mystery of God's life. Each family who has baptized or dedicated a child today, each individual who has come here to be baptized, has been drawn to this moment in their own unique particular ways, in their own story. And we've given you a glimpse into each of the, their unique stories this morning. There are all ages and stages of life, and they carry with them the stories of deep loss and great joy. But in their baptism, and in dedicating and baptizing their babies, they are not signing on to a doctrinal statement or jumping through hoops. They are bringing their stories and the stories of their family to Jesus and trying to capture the mystery of that or of Jesus' invitation to each and every one of them is kind of like trying to explain to all of you the feelings and thoughts that flooded my mind that summer day on the road. It can't be done. It can only be wondered at. And in all of these rituals today, the sacrament of baptism, the practice of dedication, 
Each of these individuals and families are bringing the whole of themselves to God. The mystery of their story and they're letting God make a claim on it. They are joining their stories with God. They are letting the good news take hold in their life. Rachel Held Evans says it like this. The good news is good for the whole world, certainly. But what makes it good varies from person to person and community to community. Liberation from sin looks different for the rich young ruler than it does for the woman caught in adultery. The good news that Jesus is the Messiah has a different impact on John the Baptist, a Jewish prophet, than it does on the Ethiopian eunuch, a Gentile and an outsider. The gospel is like a mosaic of stories, each one part of a larger story, yet beautiful and truthful on its own. There's no formula. There's no blueprint. And this is one of the reasons that we hold two traditions in tension, because we believe that in holding these two traditions um, and in holding their tension, we are invited into the mystery of God. It reminds us that God values each person and their particularity, the story of their particularity. There are no dittos among souls. God works in each of our lives in unique and personal ways, even as God invites all of us into the same large story of redemption. And holding this tension helps us to open our arms. Like I said this morning, I don't have my Garth Brooks mic on, so. Helps us to open our arms and allow redemption to have its way among us in our midst. Holding this tension is a spiritual practice. It helps us grow in compassion. It brings insight and correction. But mostly, it reminds us that our call as people who follow Jesus is to love. The tradition of dedicating babies, followed by baptism, reminds us that faith involves choice. We get to choose how we want to respond to God. God does not force God's self on us. We participate in our own transformation and we have agency. That is really good news. But the tradition of baptizing babies followed by confirmation reminds us of the truth that long before we choose God, God has chosen us. We are named beloved from the moment of our conception. Our faith is always in response to grace. Grace comes first. Even Jesus himself was baptized before he had done anything. In fact, in some of the gospel narratives, he hasn't even spoken a word before he gets baptized. This is also good news. And we believe that both of these things are true. How they are both true is a mystery we are invited to participate in, not a problem that we need to solve. We hold them in tension just as we hold these traditions in tension. And I think this is a beautiful way to end our series on Restart. We have been exploring the stories of how God took individuals and invited them into his story to redeem the whole world. They each came to their restarts differently, but there were two key elements in every story. First, God, the Lord, faithful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. First, there was grace. 
And secondly, there was participation. There was choice. In each story, there was agency. There was response. And these individuals and families are continuing this story of restart in our midst as uh, the story of restart that God is always writing by responding to grace in their lives. They are committing to joining the mystery of their own stories with the mystery of God's life. Now at the center of all of this, at the center of all that we do this morning, the reason that we gather is the invitation of Jesus. It is Jesus who opens God's story to us. It is Jesus who shows us what God is like. It is Jesus that invites the children. It is Jesus who invites women and sinners and outsiders. It is Jesus who holds the posture of openness. And it is Jesus who has brought each of these people here today to submit their stories to him. Jesus is the center. Jesus is the restart. Listen to 2 Corinthians 5. Our firm decision is to work from this focus center. One man died for everyone. And that puts everyone in the same boat. Jesus included everyone in his death so that everyone could also be included in his life. A resurrection life, a far better life than people ever lived on their own. And because of this decision, we don't evaluate people by what they have or how they look. We, look at the, we looked at the Messiah that way once, and we got it all wrong, as you know. We certainly don't look at him that way anymore. Now we look inside, and what we see is that anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start, is created new. The old life is gone. A new life emerges. Look at it. This morning, your invitation is to marvel at the restarts that are happening in our midst. To celebrate that God blesses these lives, calls these people beloved, and that they are ready to respond. Look, the restart is happening. New life emerges. Mm -hmm.